Hello and welcome to Ramcast episode 3. The podcast where as soon as I hit record, my dogs start barking at a Mr. Delivery driver riding past. But as my science teacher said to me when I failed higher grade science, such is life. I am your host, Ryan Mathers. Before we kick things off here for episode 3, I need to do a little bit of housekeeping. First off, in last week's episode, I made a little bit of a boo-boo, a little bit of a balls-up, in that uh, I said that Strange Days was Catherine Bigelow's debut film, and it wasn't. It was actually her third film. Uh, When I was uh, listening to the playback and doing... uh, the final draft of the edit before I was about to upload, I, I realized what I'd said and I was like, oh shit. But it was at that point in the, the edit where if I had chopped that out, it would have fucked everything up. So unfortunately I had to leave it in and then I thought, okay, I'll do a retraction on the following episode. But I did have a good couple of film school buddies get a hold of me and they were like, dude, dude, come on, man. How can you forget about Point Break? And I was like, oh no. But, you know, these things happen. We're not perfect. Uh, On the other side of the coin, um, I also got a lot of feedback about the Winky Synonym segment that I did. Some people really, really loved it. Some people absolutely hated it. Got a couple of uh, messages saying like, listen, Ryan, buddy, you know, you are not five years old anymore. You know, you don't need to do that kind of joke. And, uh, you know... The truth is, unfortunately, I am. <laughs> I'm still that five-year-old inside. I still really enjoy a good dick and fart joke. Um, so, yeah, it just is what it is, you know. It is what it is. So, um, a lot of people were also very uh, upset that I did not mention the word schlong. And I'm not talking like one or two people. I'm talking like a couple of people were like, dude, where's schlong? So, clearly, you know... That's a really big deal. So my apologies to the schlong people out there. But now, let's kick into a little segment I like to call... The Best of the Week! (laughs) Uh, As you can see uh, at Ramcast, uh, (laughs) our production levels have gone up and uh, we can actually bring in... Really, really good uh, voice actors. (laughs) Anyway, carrying on. So the best of the week. The best of the week has to go to my good friend and huge friend of the show, Mr. Terence Paparasso, who, for those who don't know, does the artwork for this show. So he did the Ramcast logo and all that type of jazz. And... He's brilliantly talented dude, but he really knocked it out the fucking park this week. So, also can use this as a bit of an announcement, but uh, I'm planning on bringing out a Star Wars-based show uh, that will run alongside the normal Ramcast show. I had this idea for quite some time, and I was talking to Terence about it, and I said to him, I was like, dude... I need I need a, a Star Wars-y kind of logo. So we were going backwards and forwards with ideas. And the one idea we kind of had wasn't that... It, it was great, but it would have made the image way too noisy. And, you know, he was like, okay, let's try this, try this. And then I thought of this little idea and I was like, okay, 
Let's give this a bash. And in my mind, it looked a certain way. And then Terence came back with this artwork. And it was far fucking beyond what I could have ever imagined. And I was so blown away that I actually went speechless. I, I, like, I, I, I couldn't get the words out to thank him because I saw this thing and it was so professional and it was so amazing that it, it absolutely, it knocked me flat. So my best of the week goes out to my brother from another mother, Mr. Terence of So, for that incredible artwork, my dude. And uh, him and I are, when you hear this recording on the Wednesday, it will come out on the Wednesday, we are flying up to Joburg, him and I, on the Friday, where we're going to Joburg Comic Con, and we're going to go have a good time, kick back, have some beers, and also we're going to meet Mr. Anthony Daniels, or C-3PO himself. Uh, We're going to have a nice meet and greet and photo op with him, and then also a little bit of an autograph thing as well. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. And I will need to buy Terence a good couple of years as payment for his incredible artwork. That is the best of the week. We're going to take a little break now. And when we come back, we're going to head into a nice listener-driven AMA or Ask Me Anything. Catch you after this. Welcome back to Ramcast, episode three. So during the week, I sent out a panic shout out on the social medias for people to engage in an AMA with me. Now, if you don't know what an AMA is, it's something that they do on Reddit. It's one of their subreddits there and it stands for Ask Me Anything. So a celebrity or somebody will come on and people can just ask random questions and the person can choose to answer it or not. And I thought it would be a nice way to engage with the listenership and just see what you guys want to know. I got a lot of questions coming through here. Uh, I'm going to try to get through all of them. If I can't, we can push that to another episode. Also because people send through multiple questions. For the sake of time, I can't do every single question that you asked, so I had to choose one. So here we go. The first question comes from Denver, and he would like to know, do you think they are making too many Marvel movies? I feel, now Marvel's one thing, okay? I feel as a whole, the superhero genre is becoming oversaturated. They are pumping out too much, and... This is happening at the moment. They are dialing back because I can't remember what we were getting up to, but it was, you know, including stuff on streaming and movies. You were getting like two, three, four films a year, plus four, five shows on the streaming services. That's a lot, man. And you're going to burn yourself out. And I get that some people will argue that You know, each one is fresh and you're looking at a different perspectives and what have you. But generally, superhero films kind of follow the same sort of thing, the same structure. And if you're doing 10 of these a year, that structure becomes glaringly obvious. So, yeah, that is my answer. Definitely, they are making too many. But the studios are cutting down on them. Our next question comes from Skynet. No bullshit. This is an actual chat GPT question. That was sent through by a a friend. So Skynet wants to know, 
What inspired you to start a podcast about movies and pop culture? Is there a particular movie or pop culture moment that sparked your passion? Thank you very much for the question, Skynet. And I'll take this opportunity as well to say to the listeners, be nice to your electronics, to your toasters and your microwaves and your smart TVs because our robot overlords are coming and they will remember who was nasty and who was nice. So that's why I'm being very nice to Skynet. So Skynet, to answer your question, I kind of went into this on the first episode, but to bring it down to a real moment, it was when I went to London in April. I went to Star Wars Celebration there. While I was there, I went to go see a comedy show with two of my favorite podcasters, uh, Ken Napsok and Joseph Scrimshaw from Force Center. And I'd been listening to these guys for ages and ages and went to go see their stand-up set. And afterwards, you could go have a drink from by the bar and relax and whatever. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll meet these guys. Maybe they'll come out. Maybe they won't. And they came out and I chatted to them and I had a good couple of drinks at the bar with them and discussed about life and films and Star Wars and everything. And it was amazing. And that moment sparked something in me. And it, it I thought... Maybe I've got something I can I can offer. Maybe I can get my voice out there. And that was the, the not the kickoff point, because the idea was there already, but that was kind of where I started really seriously thinking about it and really putting plans together. So yeah, there we go. Our next question comes from Sharoda, and she would like to know, who are your favorite actors and who would you like to meet and why? Well, first off, my two favorite actors of all time is Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman. Uh, I haven't had the chance to meet Natalie Portman, but I did get the chance to meet Ewan McGregor now at Star Wars Celebration in London. And you know, there's that whole story of don't meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. And this was the absolute opposite of that. The man was so warm and so kind and you can just see he's a cool dude. You can see he's nice to be around. Got to do a little photo op with him. My uncle's through an amazing loophole. I got a chance to get in the photo with me, the son of a bitch. But yeah, incredible experience. One that will stay with me forever. An actress who is fast flying up the list, though, and it will probably become my favorite of all time and will dethrone Natalie, is more than likely Florence Pugh. She is an incredible, incredible actress, and I love everything she's been in. Just like her vibe and her style. I think she has an amazing career ahead of her. So that's my choices. Our next question comes from Dane, and he would like to know, what is one place in the world you want to go to? And what is the one place that scares you the most into not wanting to go? So the one place I always wanted to go to in the world is Japan. I have such a fascination with Japanese culture and their history and their heritage and I, I would love to go. So much so that I'm actually putting a plan in place to go to Japan in 2025. And if the stars align and I'm able to get that right, then um, it's going to be incredible. It'll be a serious bucket list item. In terms of places that scares me into not wanting to go, but I do want to do it, is I do want to do an up into Africa trip. I'm not talking like, you know, South Africa, Namibia, you know, that kind of thing. I'm talking like all the way up, like, Cape Town to Cairo kind of vibes. And for obvious reasons, that is a scary trip. That's not just something you do on a whim. You plan, you put things in place. Um, 
but it is very much something that I would like to do. So yeah, that that's my answer to drive up through Africa. Our next question comes from Jordan and he would like to know what meal or food in a film would you really like to try? Now the two obvious ones there are obviously the blue milk from Star Wars and Butterbeer from Harry Potter. The blue milk you can actually make. So on StarWars.com there's a whole recipe you can have a look at and you can make blue milk and you know it's literally milk with blue coloring. Butterbeer on the other hand I know that you can have that at the Harry Potter experience in the UK. I didn't get a chance to go there, but I imagine butterbeer tasting absolutely incredible. If you've ever had it, please drop me a comment somewhere. Let me know what butterbeer was like. I need to know. But in terms of a food that I've always wanted to try, right at the beginning of Blade Runner, Harrison Ford is having this bowl of noodles that has always captured me and I've always like I really want to have those noodles but literally it's it's probably just ramen and meatballs but always I'm like okay I need some noodles in my life after seeing that so that's my answer Richard's question is what will Arnold Schwarzenegger's legacy be this is a great one Arnold's a very complex guy he's done many things he's had multiple careers he is in my opinion still the greatest bodybuilder of all time just on pure physique and aesthetic and everything i'm i'm one of those people that is not a fan of the whole mass monster vibe that came with dorian yates and ronnie coleman and all of that like i think the golden era of bodybuilding what arnold and franco and all those guys did like that is the gold standard for me and that's why he will be the greatest of all time in terms of bodybuilding then he's also you know one of the most recognizable actors of all time became a very successful politician for California. So the man had a multifaceted career, but he came from fuck all. Like he came from a rural, rural as shit village in um, Austria. His father was a bit of a prick. He used to smack him around a bit and just, through pure determination got to America and, and formed a career and married a Kennedy and every single dream the man had he accomplished so when you ask me what I think Arnold Schwarzenegger's legacy will be I don't think it's one of his different careers I don't think it's going to be bodybuilding or this or that or the next thing I think he is the ultimate example of the American dream of just with sheer fucking determination and will what you can create and he will be the absolute example of the self-made man if you will even though he absolutely hates that saying because he always says he's not self-made he's, he was made by the people around him fair enough Arnold but fucking hell you, you're still quite an example of that so yeah that's what I think his legacy will be just if you have the will and the determination to just see through your dreams you can do it that's what his legacy will be our next question comes from David, and this is a really, really good one. He asks, my question is about digital streaming versus physical media. Streaming films is definitely more convenient, but I miss the days of browsing shelves of DVDs and maybe finding a special edition or steel box cover, etc. Do you have any preferences or opinions on that? David, brother, do I have opinions on this? I I understand that streaming is far more convenient. You don't have to leave your house. You can find everything, what have you. But I absolutely adored 
going to the video store on like a Friday or Saturday night or during the week or whatever and picking a movie based purely on what the cover art was, what you read on the back of the box. It's very much a fundamental part of my childhood. I feel that that has been lost with streaming. You know, how many times do you sit there on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever and you're just scrolling through stuff? And my theory with that is because they don't put enough effort into the the box art or the kind of the the logo that they're showing for the film. There's an art in box art. That's why it's called box art. And I feel that that has been lost. Anyway, I could go on a massive tangent about this, but I'm a big phys- physical media guy. I still want my music on some sort of physical format, even though, you know, Spotify and that type of thing is really, really convenient and a really easy way to discover new music or listen to new music. But there's just something about having the physical object in your hand and it has a place in time and space. And the same thing goes with films. And yeah, I'm big proponent for physical media. Hopefully it will never go away. It probably will, but physical all the way. Brother David. Morgan would like to know, Ryan, for you, what is one of the funniest scenes in the movie The Party and what makes The Party such a classic comedy movie? For those that don't know, The Party is a 1968 film directed by Black Edwards, starring Peter Sellers as this kind of bumbling Indian actor who stumbles onto this Hollywood party at this house and chaos just ensues. The Party was one of my grandfather's favorite films alongside I don't know if it was his favorite one I still have a sneaking suspicion that Three Amigos tops it but I was constantly told about the party and how amazing the party was and everything when you watch the party the comedy is completely based around Peter Sellers's performance it's so dry and it's so on point and there's so many scenes you can pick out that just make it an absolute classic whether it's the bugle scene in the beginning that or if it's birdie num num or my absolute favorite scene that when i saw this i was rolling on the floor laughing and it's when he goes up to the toilet and he pulls the toilet paper roll and the roll just doesn't stop and streaming there's something about the way that he looks at the toilet roll and the whole way that the scene is structured that just absolutely destroys me Yes, there are aspects about the film that are very dated now and whatever you, but give the party a chance. It's It's got some incredible stuff in it. Our next question comes from Warren, and he wants to know, what are the film questions that get the most heat from your mates? For example, Batman versus Superman. It's basically shit that people argue about, but in no way can prove. So, Uncle Wazzo, I know where you are going with this question. And, you know, it's kind of that playground thing of you know who would win in a fight batman or superman by the way it would totally be fucking batman because no one beats batman he would work out the way to beat superman which he actually does in the dark knight returns so just look it up people if you want to argue that point but i digress i don't really actually have those kind of arguments with people around me what i do argue about all the time with people is star wars because I don't want to open up a can of worms here, but uh, I'm a big, big sequelist. I love the Star Wars sequels, and I will fight you. I will fight you in the bars. I will fight you on the beaches with those films. And that's that's the 
that's the film's questions that gets that gets me in hot water. <laughs> so moving swiftly along, that's uh, and I can just I can just see I'm gonna get hate mail for this, but yeah, that's that's the ones that get me in trouble. Moving along, Philip wants to know: Are there any masterpieces that everyone raves about that you haven't seen? Oh, brother Phil, there are so many, so so many. I mean, I. I'm sorely lacking when it comes to foreign cinema. Uh, I really need to boost up my Kurosawa. I need to boost up my Fellini. But I think the one that people most get upset about with me, and I I know I'm going to get blowback for this, is the fact that I have never seen The Princess Bride. And that's that's quite a stain. That's quite a tarnish on my uh, film knowledge. So yeah, if that upsets you, please let me know in the comments. Come say hello. Be like, listen, dude, you need to watch that goddamn movie. I do have plans to watch it, but uh, you know, you know how it goes. Life. Chris wants to know, what is your favorite line and or scene from James Cameron's Aliens? So, Chris, you and I both know that Aliens is one of the greatest films of all time. And it also is one of the most quotable films of all time. So to pick a quote from Aliens is so difficult, like... Like, where do you even start with aliens in terms of quotes? Get away from her, you bitch. I guess you don't like the cornbread either. Hey, Vasquez, you ever been mistaken for a man? No, have you? I mean, it's all there, it's all there. But my heart goes to, in terms of quotes, my heart goes to when Hicks whips out the shotgun and says, I like to keep this handy for close encounters. That truly gets... Oh, I love Hicks, man. I'm a I'm an enormous Hicks and Michael Bane fan. Oh my god! In terms of favorite scene from Aliens, mine is uh, when you know everything's going to shit. Everything's going to shit. They can't fire rounds. The aliens are taking out the Marines, and Gorman, the the oak in charge, is kind of he's frozen and he doesn't want to, doesn't know what to do. And Ripley just takes charge and grabs the controls of the APC and just fucking drives in there, man. And the music kicks up and... Dun, 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 dun. Dude, best. God, I love aliens. Nick wants to know, how easy are you finding it to actually do and create something? This is a great question, Nick. This is great. It There's some tension to it. It's It, it goes both ways. Um, as much as I love doing this, the lead up to it or the lead up to thinking about recording a podcast and what you would like to say and what you would like to do and ways that you would like to improve it creates so much anxiety in me that I, it's it's during the week I'm like, fuck, you know, can I actually do this? But then when I actually get down to the act of recording and I'm staring at the timestamps and I'm speaking into the mic, it's completely natural and I have no jitters, I have no nothing, I'm just doing it. And I'm enjoying doing it. And afterwards, once it's finished and everything's uploaded and edited and whatever, you get this wonderful feeling of like accomplishment and everything. And then the fucking anxiety starts again because you've got to do this all over again in a week's time. So it's that kind of duality of this anxiety plus this absolute joy of creation. So that's that's what it feels like. Camilla wants to know, what film... Are you the most embarrassed about how much you love it? Oh, Camilla, Camilla, why did you have to bring this up? And why do I have to put this out into the public? I suppose there's a time and a place to admit this. So the film I absolutely adore and get quite embarrassed talking about is The Notebook. 
I am absolutely in love with the notebook. I loved what it's saying, the way it's done, Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams, the whole vibe with them. It's incredible. If you think it's a chick flick and whatever, that's your business, man. Give that film a chance. It's fucking beautiful. Our next question comes from Megan, and she'd like to know, which deceased actor would you like to resurrect to see one more time on screen? Oh man, this is a this is a difficult one, Megan. This is a difficult one. Like, I'm thinking now, part of me wants to see Brando again. Part of me really wants to see Robin Williams again. But I truly think an actor who was cut short and who had an incredible career in front of him and his best work was not done yet was Mr. Heath Ledger, 100%. So that would be my pick. Uh, Definitely Heath Ledger. That's who I would bring back. And for our last question, goes to old Uncle Matthew here. And he wants to know, do you believe that the film industry needs an entire recap based on the increasing amount of director streaming videos? This kind of ties in a little bit with David's question, but I can see where you're going with it. I feel that there is going to... Cinema will never go away. There's very much a, a weird thing that happens when you go and you watch a film together with an audience it's a very communal thing and it's a very beautiful thing especially when you're watching on a massive screen and i really don't think that will ever go away because it's such an incredible experience as opposed to you know sitting at home and watching something on your tv when you watch something with an audience it it really connects with you yes because of covid and the lockdown and everything there has been this push towards streaming services and things being released in that way but as you can see, it's slowly ticking back towards cinema. So I think that's where the industry is heading. It's heading back to where the main thing is for films to come out in the cinema. And then you'll have your kind of sideline style thing go to streaming your shows and whatever. That being said, I do think that streaming will be an opportunity for indie cinema and lower budget cinema to have a place to get to a wider audience because it's so difficult now for a lower budget film to be put out into the cinema so i think that's where it will go and that is it for the ama section of today's episode and the end of episode three if uh, there's anything you'd like to get a hold of me about if i pissed you off in an answer i think it's the princess bride Get a hold of me. Find me on uh, Instagram. I'm at Uncle Ram ZA, at U N C L E R A M Z A. Come say how's it. Tell me why you think I was wrong about something. I was right about something. Something you would like me to answer in a future AMA. All is welcome. Now, before I go, I'd like to leave you with this little thought. In Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, Qui Gon Jinn is walking with young Anakin Skywalker in Coruscant. And Anakin's in a bit of a funk. He just got denied training from the Jedi Council. This girl that he really likes, Padme, is kind of ignoring him and, you know, has disappeared a little bit. And he's missing his mom. And he's a bit cold. And he's feeling in a bit of a funk. So Qui-Gon drops this little knowledge bomb on him, which essentially is the entire moral theme of all of Star Wars, which is Anakin, always remember... Your focus determines your reality. And what Qui-Gon means by that is that in life, we always have a choice. We have a choice at looking at the light or the dark of a situation. And that will create our reality based on that situation. 
So in the week going forward, instead of looking at everything going wrong in your life, look at what you love about your life and see how things improve. I'll catch you next time. Yeah. Yeah.